0: Welcome to episode 001 for the best side podcast where we focus on bringing out your best side through conversations with everyday people doing some extraordinary things. This dude here from Marfell to Melbourne and all around the world, Todd Williams, a.k.a. Louie Nux, gives us his opinion and life experiences on everything from pro sports to the next up-and-comers in Aotearoa hip-hop. It's pretty crazy. It seems like the dude's been surrounded by opportunity. He's also been surrounded by uh, a lot of bad influences, too. But these bad influences managed to change and create into some awesome times and he's led a pretty colourful life, Uh, if you know his story you'll know that to be true, if you've never heard of him before, you're about to be pleasantly surprised and have your mind blown multiple times. So throughout our conversation we cover how to get uncomfortable, uh, sorry how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, how to network and find your tribe, how to get through tough times, and why tough times are ultimately the thing that shapes us and makes us who we are. At the end of the episode as well, we've got the winner for the Facebook competition that we've been running, so if you've come from there, uh, make sure you stick around for that. But yeah, this is a pretty awesome chat, uh, you're definitely going to get a lot out of it, and what a way to kick off the series. Not re to be whanui, here it is, Mr Louie Nux, Todd Williams. sweet bro so where did you grow are you originally from here like born and bred or did did your parents move here from somewhere else or how Uh,
1: did you i was born in excuse me in um and i think we moved here when i was this is good that's a nice (laughs) bear right this is good yeah um mexican bear um moved here when i was about four and um where do we live? I can't remember then but um left New Plymouth when I was about, I think just before I was 10 and went to Australia and then we lived in Australia, oh no sorry fuck, no born on the Mount, I think moved down here when I was about 2, went to Australia when I was about 4 and then was, then came back here just before I was 10 oh yeah yeah so like there was always ties to here my dad's from here um mum's australian but she lived here and then came back and then kind of did most of my growing up
0: here so do you came back here like like, dad found work or dad just wanted to come home like what was the reason i mean you only two bro so i don't expect you to remember i can't remember that time but i did know
1: the reason when i was just before i was 10 think maybe my parents were kind of a bit disillusioned or something like I know the feeling now as an adult when you're just kind of like oh what the fuck am I doing let's Mm. go somewhere else um I think that's what it might have been
0: just trying to shock the system a bit and yeah get out of somewhere and just go somewhere new to see if anything falls into place
1: you know I think if you kind of have like an idea of home right and you're away from it living somewhere else and maybe things aren't going completely to plan then like a default setting and you might be like, all oh, right, I'll go home. Yeah. So maybe that was dad's thing. And then, and Mum, I guess she's always like, so she, they're not together, but she remains in New Zealand like, and in Taranaki to this day. So like, this is her home now, so.
0: But she's not from here originally. She's no. from, Aussie. Yeah. Where about in yeah. Australia is she from? Uh, rural Victoria. Oh yeah?
1: Yeah. You've been back there? Yeah, so I've, I've spent time there in my adult life. Um, I haven't been to the places where I went when I was young, Mm -hmm. like where Mum's family were and stuff. I haven't been back out there, but I probably will soon because I just kind of met all the family again, who I knew when I was little from when we lived there when I was young. So, um, met all them, they're fucking nuts. (laughs) Um, In what way? Oh, they're like rural fucking bogans and just like. Mum's family history is insane. Like, it's crazy. And I knew stuff about it, but we went over. Her mum and sister died in the same week last... Just, like, a few months ago. Oh, shit. And we went over, and that's when I saw the family again. And um, and I heard, like... So, kind of, the things I had ideas about. Like, I heard details of these stories I've kind of known about my whole life. but You've it, heard, like, papers of it, but... Yeah, so my mum's dad, like, murdered a couple people, and... Um, I talked to like my auntie who found a dead body on their front lawn, uh, just like this crazy shit. And that's like, this, that shit has carried on to like my cousins and shit. Like, so there's just this, like, there's this real, like lovely people. Mm. Like I see them, I'm like, oh yeah, you're my family. Um, and like, fuck, I haven't completely escaped it myself. I don't think. So it's like, you know, if you're superstitious, superstitious, you would think it was like some sort of family curse or some shit. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know what it is, man. Like, I just, yeah, like.
0: Just some sort of pattern that's kind of ingrained into. Yeah, I guess. Like, like I can, well, like, there's a word for it. I can't remember. It's like a, um, you know, because like, they talk about similar things, like not to get too deep and meaningful or whatever, but when they talk about, you know, the effects of um colonization on Māori and stuff like that. Yeah. How that kind of discrimination's filtered down through generations. I can't yeah. remember the name of it. There'll be someone swearing at the podcast right now listening yeah. saying, Bro, it's called this but there's that I guess that um historical ingraining into your into your being in yeah. like you carry on I guess you kind yeah. of harbour the bullshit that your parents have and they yeah. harbour the bullshit from their parents and so forth and so forth well,
1: like genetic memory right yes people yeah. Talk. that's probably what I'm trying yes. to find yeah. people talk about that and like like fuck I don't know so genetic memory when people talk about it, they can they think it's like perhaps in your subconscious but I reckon like so I don't know if I've really experienced it perhaps but I reckon like I've talked to Maori people who like feel things that are from their ancestors you Mm. know so like in regards to colonization and stuff so they might have like emotions and feelings that they experience
0: that they're like oh that's like or it's just you know in them yep like but i can definitely relate like (laughs) um my namesake like people tell me all the time like some of the things i do and some mm. of the ways i move are very similar to my namesake yeah yeah. and like so my namesake is my great-grandfather so it's yeah. not too many generations back you know but like so you know before i was telling you about those tickets that i won yeah um to go up to that friday jams uh concert and, and meet in greet with usher was pretty crack up but like if i'm being honest like things like that happen to me all the time i wouldn't right. say i'm lucky but my ah. my friends they, my friends call it hippo luck like right. if we're lined yeah. up for like the club or whatever and say auckland it's a massive yeah. fucking line they're like bro, go to the front and ask, like, if we can get in or something. I'll go to the front, and before I get to ask, I know the guy on the door, mm. and we'll, like, hug, and they'll be like, you know, last time I ha- we were in Perth, and it was my oh, my first cousin on my mum's side that I hadn't seen in years, oh, wow. and he was so stoked to see me, and, like, he just let us all learn <laughs> to, like, random things like that. And Fuck, I got the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get the negative one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there, yeah so are you named after anyone, speaking of namesakes and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I'm, I'm named
1: after a uncle who's not a blood relative and he um he was with my auntie my dad's sister and his surname was Todd and he couldn't have children and like I remember him as a kid and like I really liked him and then when I was an adult people were like dad was like oh yeah he's alcoholic he used to beat up your auntie and stuff i was like why the fuck did you name it <laughs> and, like, and i was like oh well, i really i have this like fond memory of him and that kind of that's kind of stink but um and then i brought it up to mum the other day because i was complaining about my name yeah and she was like no it's a nice name i was like "Fucking, uncle john like used to smash auntie lynn and she's like no he didn't so I reckon I believe my dad, my mom. My <laughs> your mom, mom's like, trying to
0: pretty it up for you a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
1: and she always like paints people in a positive light. Doesn't matter. So that's just her nature. So I, I was think,
0: thinking that too. Like yeah. she sounds like she just might not want you to feel bad. Yeah, that. so, and something so like, she's trying to save you, save your feelings. Something yeah,
1: like something like that. So yeah, I'm named after him. And I, when was the last time I saw him? I Think he might have been at my cousin's 21st like a long time ago last time i saw him and then before that i hadn't seen him since i was a kid so yeah i'm named after that guy he's a mechanic up in maryland's and uh do own or he did sign with racehorses as well okay Mm.
0: and talking about your parents bro are you you pretty tight with your parents these days Mm.
1: yeah very i have a real good relationship with them now i I had, like, real difficult relationships with them as, like, through my teenage years and early adulthood, but, um, yeah, and, like, I don't know to what degree, like, you know, all relationships are unique and individual, but I think a lot of people have difficult periods with their parents through the years where they're trying to figure out how to be an adult. Mm. And their parents trying to figure out how to let them be an adult. Yeah, especially if you're doing a real fucking bad job <laughs> um like I was. So yeah, we had like a long difficult period in our relationships, but what age were you when that was all going down? Oh, fuck like. Probably even before i was a teenager because i was like fucking up at school real bad in primary school and stuff so oh yeah yeah
0: what school were you was it here or all uh, over so i guess
1: i started in aussie yeah and then came here so
0: what were you yeah. doing that was so badass at primary school uh i kind of
1: when i came when i came back here i was in standard four i went to central and so i've been doing stuff in aussie i like yeah i was fuck i was doing violent shit at school then not but when i came here like kids teased me for having an australian accent and i just like figured i was like, oh fuck i'll punch them in the mouth if they tease me like so the second someone said something i just whack them and you know central school where i was like all kind of like rich kids
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> That's why be, I okay. felt bad, bro, because my eyebrows, when you said central, my eyebrows were like, really? You
1: went to central? Yeah, fuck, fuck knows what I was doing there, bro. And, um, yes, yeah, so I hit them and like that shit came to an end real quick because they weren't like, you know, so say that it happened at, um, fucking my fell. Like, I would have been getting in fights. Yeah, they
0: wouldn't have given you shit. They would have beat you up because your accent. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't have been like, it would have been
1: been two way fights. But at Central School, I learned I was like, oh fuck, just smack people and they shut the fuck up. So that's what I was doing. And that probably
0: became your mechanism to deal with stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. So you got like many siblings? Yeah, seven. Shit. Yeah. So how, what, what, what was, have you guys lived in the same house or have you guys grown up in different households? Like how did that play into got, your relationship with your parents and stuff like I've that? i got two
1: brothers and a sister that I didn't really grow up with okay. and then the rest I grew up with. So where were the two that you didn't really know growing they up? Were, they were in Auckland. Okay. So I knew them, like I'd go up and visit and uh, fairly frequently, but yeah, they're up there.
0: Where do you sit, kind of, like, in terms of the age range? Like, you are the oldest? Second oldest. So, I've got
1: got an older sister, yeah, who is, like, um, she probably, yeah, like, she's got her own things, like, I think she reacted to our upbringing in a different way, like, she's super introverted, and, like, I'm introverted in ways, but, um, yeah, she's way more introverted than me, and, like, was into books, and, like, um music, and just, like, she's, like, she'd isolate herself a lot. yeah And, um, and I think, like, and I think, I don't know if that's to do with what we experience as young people, but, or in our upbringing, but if that is, uh, that's what I would see as being
0: her, kind of, uh, how she re-energizes, so she Yeah pulls or, away and just dives into her or own own stuff, or? Yeah, or
1: that's how that upbringing manifests in her and, and me, like... Uh, I wanted to, like, do something outward. I wanted to, like, fuck things up. Yeah. Like, I wanted chaos and trouble and shit, so, yeah.
0: Fire out, man. So, speaking of the trouble and, and the chaos, what were, I suppose, what you can talk about anyway, but what were some of the big things, like, you've mentioned, you've kind of said in, like, of different ways in our conversation so far that you've fucked up a lot. Mm. What were some of your fuck-ups that you've made that you'd be willing to share with us? Oh, man. Anything but like the
1: I was thinking about it recently when I saw that family because they're around and so the first time I got put in a cop car I was like five years old with my auntie we like robbed this house we're like we're in this little country community and we're just robbing everything me and my like I don't know she might have been about 11 12 year old auntie she's the one that just died so we're just robbing heaps of shit and we got caught in this house and they called the cops and the cops came, put us in a car, which I don't think they're allowed to do. I think, like, if you're five, got to call your parents. But... Yeah, that sounds... We're in the country, and... No maybe, one's around. Yeah, maybe the rules are different then. It's the 80s. Yeah. Um, and I was in the cop car, and I was just like, holy fuck, I'm going to jail. Like, I was five, I, you know? Your understanding of that shit at five years old is, like, cops come next step is jail yeah if you're
0: in the car then yeah. you're going because you see yeah. it in movies and yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. when they're in the car they're out yeah. there's no there's no like back from that yeah so
1: that was like yeah, So i thought i was going to jail Mum came and picked me up from the police station but that was like yeah little did i know then that that wouldn't be my last <laughs>
0: <laughs> your last ride with the cops yeah and i would go
1: to jail so um Yeah... That... Like... I ain't done anything... Like there's... Like I've done things that have hurt people and shit and... Um... I guess kind of like part of forgiving myself for those things is... Having a hope or understanding that there'll be forgivable things for... People who are victims of those. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know them. I can't fucking go up and be like... Hey um... That shit that happened is that all good? So I just gotta kind of like for myself be like oh you know like I forgive myself for that and so I haven't done anything that I like have to wrestle with to this day like well maybe maybe every now and then I'll think of something and be like oh that was real fucked up that was a real fucked up thing to do but yeah no like it's kind of like there's can't think of anything that's like oh um that really sticks with me that I think about that I'm like oh that was a real major fuck up
0: so how do how does one I guess for people that are listening to to help them out how does one go about forgiving themselves or how did you go about forgiving yourself in order to Mm. I guess I want to say let bygones be bygones but that might not be the correct way to say it but I think that's what I'm trying to say
1: I think yeah so it's like it's kind of it's about letting go of the past right and like not hanging on to things that are gonna hinder you yeah because I think the best way to to like, you know, people always, like you can apologize verbally or in writing or whatever, but it's just so hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, not always, you know, people can give like a heartfelt apology and mean it. But so in terms of like strangers I might have heard or even people I knew, it's like, what's the best thing? So like working in justice now with young people, it's like, when I'm addressing things that I've done, it's like, or addressing their victims, so often I'll be in FGC or whatever, and the victims are present, and it's like...
0: And, and what was the abbreviation, sorry?
1: If, FGC, Family Group Conference. Cool, just for people that yeah. don't know. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So oh yeah, like, So like, so in those situations, the victim may think they want something, but it's usually not what they... Or often not what they think they want. Sometimes they're onto it and they understand and they're like, I just want this young person to be better mm-hmm. so they don't hurt other people. And I think that's the best thing you can do for yourself, right? Is like get better and kind of like heal yourself.
0: As opposed to being, and this is like a question. Yeah. As opposed to being like, I want this motherfucker to suffer. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
1: So you'll see, people, you'll see the two kind of opposing sides. It's quite, and it's quite beautiful when a victim comes in and sees the kid, sees the human, and is just like, oh, like, there's reasons this has happened that are, like, not your fault. Like, there's a responsibility to be taken, right? The kid has done the thing that's hurt the person. Yep. They've robbed the house or whatever. And they're responsible for that. But when, if you do those things well, the victim will see the human being and they'll be like, oh, like, this kid does things like this because like his life other is, factors yeah going his on. life is fucked up and the people that see that then they'll be like oh fuck i don't like he's hurt and he's like uh sharing his hurt with the world in like negative ways that's what he's doing so those people will be like oh often they'll be like trying to think of ways they can help the situation so i've seen people in those situations be like because needs come up The things that Like the young person needs So oh, yeah. it Might be like Oh they can't get to school And they're not attending school And I've seen a victim be like I'll drive you to school Which is like Quite an incredible offer mm. So those things can be Real incredible So yeah I think the best thing you can do For your wrongs Is to get better And kind of like Give your community Or society An assurance That you won't do those things again Because what a You know People who think They want like people to be punished and shit want the same thing as the person who wants to drive the kid to school they want to feel safe yeah so like that's Mm. the best kind of thing you can do is to like become a productive member of society and then that's the best way of saying sorry yep Mm.
0: that's cool man i've never made that correlation like uh, my mom's a a prison warden so Mm. like she's she's spoken to me about you know similar things that you're describing now yeah and um whenever she she spoke about i i've for lack of better terminology you know you got the the venomous person or the person who's quite pissed off yeah. and fair enough that's yeah, a human yeah, emotion yeah, yeah. what's happened to their family's fucking shit. yeah and so they feel the way they feel and then you've got other people who are kind of more willing i guess to see that all right well we don't want this to happen to another family so how can we help this offender to be a bit of them yeah um and i've never ever been able to really see them as being on the same side of the fence they've seen them as being quite opposite but you're yeah. yeah, describing them there there's actually you, you know, made that comparison that they, they both want the same thing and it's that safety. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty nuts. I've never put them on the same page before. Yeah, yeah. So
1: they do, they do want the exact same thing. but It's just like, there'll be different reasons why they're kind of like, well, you know, it's just, it takes an open person mm. to like look past their own hurt, which we can't all do all no, the shit, time. No, shit,
0: like no. Like pain... Yeah, like... <laughs> when you're going through it, it's the only thing you see. Yeah. You know, like... You, you think talk to a kid who's just had their first breakup at 14 mm. it's like fuck everything else they're heartbroken yeah. Yeah. or someone who's just lost someone very close to them you know you don't go to work and shit they might lose your job because you don't show up for three days but yeah. you just need that to be home and be in mourning and, and yeah. stuff
1: like so everyone's been in that position where they can't see past their own hurt right yeah and i guess um yeah i guess as we because that it's like practice. You there's something you learn. You are like oh shit. This isn't the healthiest way of processing this, and you get better at it. But then
0: like there's always going to be times that we like keep getting challenged, right? So, which so the original question I guess I asked you was, we went, you know, how does one um, apologize? And it sounds like from what you're saying, and I hate to put words in people's mouth. So tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but it sounds like kind of what you're describing is and is apologising through action yeah. rather than apologising through saying sorry or yeah. words is actually like I think you mentioned being a member of like a um a contributing member of society and you know helping it sounds like a lot of your mahi with these kids that you're helping out now is you don't want them to have the fuck ups that you did and yeah. you want to be able to take your lessons you've learnt and help them apply them practically and
1: yeah so like um. Yeah, and I guess that's where the forgiveness for yourself comes from as well, too, is in the action and the practice. Cause it's like you know you hear someone. Don't don't you reckon the first time you kind of hear that concept of like forgiving yourself, you kind of like. You got to think your way around it. And yeah, you're like, for sure. And you're like.
0: What, how does that, how do you even practice that? I don't know whether whether you call it like a, an age thing or whatever, but I can remember for a long time thinking that like forgiveness was an exchange between two people. It's mm, yeah. not something that you, you do yeah. with yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I've gone through my shit too, bro, with yeah. family and stuff like that. And, and that's a big game changer. Yeah. And you can forgive yourself yeah. and realize that, like you know, it's up to you to, take action and make shit happen and yeah you can only blame people for so long and, and yeah. shit like that it's a fucking game changer for sure yeah
1: so i think just making a genuine effort to improve in the area that you've failed or let people down or hurt someone make an improve, uh effort to improve that area in yourself hmm. that's like that's where all the forgiveness lies for yourself and for the people you might have hurt
0: nuts Mm. so question obviously bro that a lot of people i i put a thing up the other day on my social media saying i'm gonna sit try and get a sit down with the bro um and a question that obviously we're gonna get to it anyway but i'll ask you now yeah how did the whole rap thing kick off
1: how did Uh, that get started um i think was i doing it in australia i can't remember but the, the first time i can remember writing raps is we lived on Victoria Road, just over there. I can remember being in that house maybe like nine or ten, writing raps. and. What were you listening to? Like, Who did you listen to when you were growing up? Fuck, What was I listening to at that age? I think like MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice. Um, just, yeah, all that shit. What was that? Uh, what else was that? What do you think like, drew you to it? Like rap? Well, I my first kind of like interaction with it was when I was like real young, like four, and we we lived in Tauranga then just before we moved to Aussie, and we used to go to a school fair. It seems like it feels like in my memory we were there every weekend, but maybe we weren't like because they kind of had a fair every weekend, but um, but yeah, there'd be like teenagers break dancing. And I was like that's sick, so I was like learning to break dance, and Mum bought me a record. They had like rap songs on it. They must have been like... Shh, fuck. So they would have been like the era where it was like... um uh There was very much kind of like a... You know, like... A, a electro kind of... Electro beat. A, a bit of a disco hangover. Yeah, yeah. In the
0: music. Kind of like maybe like African bambara
1: sort of... Yeah, all that sort of shit. So it was that anyway and the record like had the song on it it had like one song and one swear word where the dude said shit when i was four and i thought it was choice so <laughs> i think that i think that was what set it all off like so i must have had like rebellion in my nature at four i think most people do and so it's was just
0: like yeah it kicked well, off from what there. we've talked about it sounds like it's in your genes it's yeah, been passed down yeah, of yeah so that
1: was all it took you know one not even really a swear word, and I was on my way.
0: So then you started writing your raps and stuff, but obviously you've gone a bit more further for that. So take us through that evolution. You started writing them at school, did you start like, was there like corner battles happening like that? Cause nah, it was real, it was a real kind of um,
1: solitary pursuit. Like, I didn't know anyone else who was writing raps. I don't think um, later on in my life i would met some people who were like, doing stuff but um yeah so it was like quite solitary and then um odd cause I think when mostly when you hear people talk about that experience it's like with people right mm. but I was just like oh, I do I just write raps in my bedroom alone and I don't share them with anyone and then and so there'd be periods right where I'd be like real into I'd be writing raps all the time and then so, it was that period around 10, 11 or whatever, and then I went, then there would have been a long time where I didn't, and then when I got locked up as a teenager, I was just like, started again, because so I guess that's like a pretty good time to start when you're like...
0: you got to have a bit of time on your hands. Mm,
1: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I got back into it there, and I guess it kind of suited the environment and what I was experiencing. Like I pray, that was probably the first time I had something to write about, even though it would have been trash, but that's what would have been inspiring me to write at the time. And then, um, in those places, then I meet other people that were writing raps and then like rapping with them and then came back home and Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I definitely like linked up with some people in New Plymouth who were kind of doing similar or the same thing.
0: So did you ever feel, like, because you've mentioned quite a few times that it was a bit of a solitary journey. Mm. So did you feel a bit weird or strange for doing it? Or, or was it because it didn't come up, you kind of just did it and there was no...
1: Yeah, I don't think I had any like kind of strange feelings about it. I was just like, Psh, you know, it's just something I do. Yep. So, yeah. I can remember being teased in school for like liking rap music.
0: Mm.
1: But, yeah, I don't... How old were you then? Probably like third form. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm trying was... to think what time, what era that would have been. I what was what like, going on. Nerva- what was, Oh yeah. Nirvana and Pearl, Pearl
1: Jam. jam- yeah. yeah, everyone's listening to that. I guess I was white boy too. So like, white boys are like, why not you, why don't you like Pearl Jam? Fuck, I'm glad now I didn't succumb <laughs> to that pressure because Pearl Jam's fucking trash. <laughs> Like, and they would all know that now too. If someone from that time who like Pearl Jam then try to defend Pearl Jam to me today, I'd be like, "Come on, man, we're adults.
0: You know it's trash." <laughs> oh, fucking crack up, bro. So you're never made to feel like. Oh, well, I suppose you didn't tell enough people because oh, so you're never made to be made feel a, a bit weird or strange for yeah for getting into it because a lot of people, a lot of rappers I speak to, bro. Or sorry, I don't want to put you in that yeah. box because you're more than just that. But yeah. you know, a lot of performers I speak to. Um, I guess probably because they're proactively telling people this is what I'm trying to do, ah, so yeah. they probably get a bit of feedback. Like, man, you can't do that. Right. Did that happen once you started kind of being a bit more loud about it, or how? How did that evolution come? How did you go from not telling anyone to people finding out or to being doing it in public as opposed to oh, ironclad stores? Yeah, well, I
1: think that's kind of like so. When I found a little community of other people, that's kind of where you're like, ah. Oh. There's an identity in this for me, you know? Because once... I'm not alone. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is who I am. This is my community. Like, this is obviously not what you're thinking as a 15-year-old. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that's kind At of... At the thing. time, you just like, these are my people. Yeah. This is my crew. These yeah. are my dudes. This yeah, and yeah. you get strong, right? Like, when you find... Power your, numbers. Yeah, when you find your friends, you get strong. And then you're like, oh, well, my friends like this. I like this. I don't give a fuck what... So then you get emboldened and you're like, I, I remember telling my mom when I was like 15, real stoned in the kitchen. And like, cause I'd often just like, if I was high at home, I'd just like hang in the kitchen and laugh at my mom. Cause, <laughs> cause she's real funny. But I just remember, I was like, mom, I'm going to be a famous rapper one day. And she's just like cracking up at me. I'm like, uh. and so 15 year olds was like, cause I hear young people say it to me now famous isn't like what they mean but you know I guess in a way it is it's like I want to be recognized but it's not like fame it's not about fame or anything but that was like my definition of what I wanted to
0: do so back then when you're telling your mum you're going to be famous what you were really saying to her in a way was like I just want people to appreciate me for what I do Yeah, yeah yeah pretty much
1: or like yeah I think yeah I want to be heard and I want to be noticed and
0: yeah so, did you grow up feeling like you weren't hurt or noticed a lot through all that shit you were going through?
1: Um, I'm not sure, because I was making quite a racket, so I was getting a lot of attention, but you negative. You don't strike
0: me as a quiet, <laughs> final, <but laughs> I was going to say.
1: So, I was getting a lot of attention, but in a negative way, so, yeah. But, like, we're, you know, we would do something and it'd be in the paper and all that sort of shit, so, like, and that that's, like, that fuels you when... Mm-hmm. When you're, when kind of like, uh, I was talking to a friend about this. Like, if you, if you go to school when you, don't succeed in the usual school things, right? so sort the of thing, all the things associated with it, the, pro social activities, like, being good at the schoolwork, or excelling at a sport, or just some sort of like value. Yeah, certain classes yeah and... if no one sees any value in you at school they don't like identify so you know you're talking about your teachers they were like oh no nah, he just likes to talk and he likes music and they identified that as yeah, a yeah yeah.
0: they carved out my niche for as me as a skill but yeah. if
1: those teachers hadn't been there it could have gone horribly wrong oh but I'd
0: forever have been indebted to my school for the yeah. shit they did for me
1: you know? so I can't just take one person but like so if if you're not being like because you fuck i remember seeing this is what the friend i was discussing it with was like do you remember seeing kids who would just like kill it at school and just be like the fuck like why is that so easy for them and if and it's just confusing for you like why aren't i good at shit Mm. and so then you're like ah and then you discover something antisocial that like um other people see value in yep and then you're like oh right okay there's value in this then and this is like I can do this without trying, so then you start smoking and you keen to fight and drink and do drugs and that's I think that's how people wind up on that path pretty often, is they're not like, seeing any value in themselves because yeah, yeah. it's not being reflected on them, but yeah, all it takes is like a teacher to go, oh, actually, you know what your skills are, like it might not be math or you might not be good at rugby, but you're really good at.
0: But, bro, my favourite one is um. have you ever seen the movie this is wildly off topic but I'm going to yeah. bring it back trust me have you ever seen the movie Kung Fu Panda yeah yeah. see yeah, obviously yeah. throughout the whole movie he's getting shit because he's yeah. fat yeah yeah, you know? yeah yeah. but then at the end it turns out to be his greatest asset because his fatness is the only thing <laughs> that stops that tiger from being able to yeah. give him that punch you know yeah, just yeah. makes yeah. him laugh yeah. Yeah. and bro I love that movie just for that that message in itself but like yeah. you know what it, what you're talking about there's a lot of you know you're, you're dead right like and this isn't a shot at the school system or anything mm. like that, but um, if anything, it's probably a little bit of a stab at teachers. But you know, there's every kid, or every person's got their own strength, and mm. they can use it in different ways. Like, yeah, I wasn't the best at school. It doesn't sound like you were the best at school either. Mm. But we've gone on to do some pretty cool shit. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. And it's just like, but if you don't, if someone doesn't recognise that in school, like for me, it's a long. Long, like so, things went pretty off track, and then it was a long road back trying to find something that I thought my community would value about me. So and that was like music, bringing it back to the music. Yep. Was like, so music kind of like was fueled by all this anti-social stuff that I picked up from like that experience at school and what, where, wherever else. And then like all this anti-social stuff kind of fueled that like making rap music saying fuck you to everyone um doing crimes and shit and then yeah and then eventually the rap music was the thing where i met people who were like oh you're valuable you have something to contribute which kind of made me like pro-social again which is a
0: strange kind of course to take so then how did the music If at all, like, how did it become, like, a serious kind of pursuit? Um, Or did you kind of just wing it the whole time? (laughs) Mostly wings,
1: bro. Yeah, totally, like, totally winged it. So I think for, like, a real long time, and then kind of every step of the way was just, like, stumbling into the darkness. So my friends and I, we figured out ways to record, and we did it, and it was garbage, and, like... We ended up, like, we had what have we recorded? I don't know, like, five songs or something that are all trash. And we ended up this like, someone ran this fucking festival in, in um, New Plymouth, and it was at, uh, what's the TSB place in town? The show place? Yeah. Yeah. So it was there, and they were like, oh, I can't remember how, but they're like, do you guys want to play, like, your local, local rap group? It's not because we're the best local rap group they could find, it was cause we're the only <laughs> only local only local rap group they could find. And they're like, oh, do you guys wanna play? And we're like, fuck yeah, we'll play a show. Cause like, you know, how old are we now We're... fuck, we must have been I don't know, nineteen, twenty. And um so talking about a kid that like started writing raps at like nine and so you're like for Ten years, your dream be like jumping on a stage and like doing them. So we're like fuck yeah. Well, we had no idea what it involved to play a show, so um. <laughs> fuck. So we turn up to a show place and there's all these like so there's all these dudes from Wellington and Auckland, who we known about, like being kind of like personalities in New Zealand rap music and stuff, and um, and we're like yeah no we're good like we had an attitude. And we got t shirts done, and like we got pissed at my house on Glen Park Ave beforehand. And fuck, I won't say the person's name because you'll know them. (laughs) Um, But before the show, we were out the back, or was it before? I can't remember. But at some point, anyway, we smoked heaps of meth. Um, And it was around the time where like there there hadn't been an article in the news about meth yet, Mm. or like if there had, we hadn't heard about it. But no, people were just like, oh, it's just, it's pure speed and you smoke it. And we're like, oh, that sounds sweet. We've had speed before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Um You know, so we just started dabbling with this drug probably I don't know, like done it a couple times or something. And um, so we smoked like a bunch of meth before the show. because We were thinking, yeah, that will be good for like the show. Speed will be good. Keep yeah. you hot. Yeah.
0: And then... This is either going to be a fucking awesome show and- or a fucking shit show. Yeah.
1: But, <laughs> I don't know, like my... My friend recorded it. There's probably still a recording of it. Lying I'm going to find that shit. But yeah, I don't remember a second of being on stage, but my friend Sean, he locked himself in the bathroom because he had a panic attack. Like, But we didn't know what a panic attack was. We're just like, Sean's locked in the bathroom and he won't come out. But we had no idea what a panic attack was. And we had no idea that amphetamine could like induce a panic attack if you're prone to panic. <laughs> so he's locked in the bathroom and we've got to go on stage and he won't come out. And I'm like banging on the door. I'm like, fucking get out of here, cunt. And we got him out. And like he probably rap way better than anyone did or at least better than I did. Um, Yeah, we did the show. And it was, just, And that was like what everything was like with rap. So moved to Auckland, because these guys were like, oh, you come up and join this crew, which ended up being breaking records. And I just was like, oh, okay, fuck it. Like, I had warrants out for my wrestlers. I, like, I could get out of New Plum, that'd be good. Um, That'll help. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it did, though. And so I just shot up to Auckland, like, the next week or went and when I lived on, on his couch. And then, and then he had the recording studio at his house, started making songs there. Then they went on an album that came out in stores, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that's pretty." I was pretty proud of that. And then, and then I, the next step after that, he was like, "Do you want to do like?" At the time, everyone was like talking about street albums, which is just an album, but you don't like bother trying to get it like distributed or anything. Licensed or anything. Yeah, because like. I just like oh, I would be like whatever. And I started putting this album together, and he like started to hear it, and he was like one day he hit me up he was like, "Cause and I was just like I just i I've always been super complacent, and I'll just accept my place. Like I don't have heaps of push and drive. I don't like set my sight somewhere and go, oh that's what I wanna do. Mm. And so when he was like, Do you want to do a street album? I was like, Yeah, I'd be honoured whereas like some other people might find that insulting. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I get what oh, you're saying? Yeah, we can't be fucked dealing with the label with your album. We'll just like press it up in the yeah. in the lounge and give it away or some Once shit.
0: again you were just you know from what we talked about you were just happy to have someone pay some attention
1: yeah yeah exactly so and then i started putting this album together same thing with that had no plan i was just like make a song right make another song and then before i knew it i had a bunch of songs and like i was thinking that that started to sound pretty good and then um there, when i had a bunch he was like we should make this a proper album and I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's me. And then we start talking to the label. So then I'm having like meetings, up at um Shock Records with like nerds behind discs and shit. And I'm just like, wow, this is buzzy, like, um. And they'd like give us beer and shit. And I was just like, holy fuck, this is real buzzy. Um, <laughs> this is the life. Yeah, yeah. And then like put an album out, had a release party. Heaps of people were there. And I was just like, wow, crazy. That's probably a real impact moment of my life it was like especially do if that first album was turning up to the the release party and it was at 420 on k road i turned up and like there was a crowd of people outside the venue i jumped out the cab and i saw them all and i was just like it was like this warm feeling man like this feeling of validation it was like uh, like it you were be- proud Yeah, yeah, super proud. I was like, holy fuck. I was like, because this is my album release. Mm. These people were here to see me. Yeah, all these people were here for my album release. Wow. Like, it was, yeah, such a crazy feeling. I guess I I don't think I'd been the way I am. I hadn't considered or given it any thought. I was Mm. like, oh, I have an album release party. I'll go play a show. I hadn't thought about what it might feel like if it was cool. But I just turned up and saw the people. I was like, holy fuck. That's amazing.
0: Man. Well, it sounds like you were used to I get not because you said before. You know, you weren't used to, um, pushing and aiming too high or setting too far. Yeah, ahead. yeah. I get you probably always saw yourself as being part of other people's shit. Like mm. you know, like yeah, I'm helping them do their thing. You know, I'm helping them breaking them records, to get off the ground. I'm helping them put together their album. Mm. And that was probably the first time that you maybe it all came together. You're like, oh shit, this is this is my shit. I'm not on someone else's shit. Yeah, you know, yeah,
1: so. yeah. I think it really was. And- um. yeah I think like I, I always had low expectations for myself so, mm. which is kind of like a good thing sometimes yeah yeah like it's obviously good to have goals and drive but also like it's nice to be surprised like that by yourself
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I think yeah like my life experience probably tell me it's awesome to have expectations of yourself mm. but it can really fuck with you if you've got them of other people. Yeah. Like if you got like, oh, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, fuck cause yeah. you'll just be constantly let down. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think, and, yeah. I, and that might be sound super cynical of of the human race sort of thing, but um, yeah, I'm trying to describe it, I guess, a bit better for the people listening, cause. No, yeah.
1: I t- I totally live my life that way. So like, all my closest friends, they know not to have expectations of me in regards of like. Um, Showing up. No. Yeah, yeah, like, straight up, straight up, like, if I don't want to go to something, I won't go to it, and then, so, like, throughout my life, I've had friends hit me up about it, and I'm like, would I demand that of you? And they always have to say "Nope." And I'm like...
0: Shut so, up, then. There, there you go,
1: <laughs> and I mean, like, of course, I'm not a complete asshole. like, if it's important to someone I love... Yeah. Like, I make the effort, but occasionally, there'll be something that'll be, like, you know, it'll be, uh, by... Societal standards, it'd be something that you should go to. And so I don't, I don't play that shit. I'm, like,
0: I'm trying to think of an example. I know what you mean, but I yeah. just can't think of any off the top of my head. Like, yeah. you know, like a friend might have a housewarming or something like that, and it's cool they got their yeah. first pair, but you don't need to be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like
1: you know that there's going to be heaps of people there. You're in a real bad mood or something. You know, you could literally, literally know, fuck it up. Yeah, and you know you're going to go and not be fun. Mm. And you're just like, well, I don't know, you know, it's just better for everyone.
0: Yeah. I've got, a, I've got a couple of friends, they always give them shit because um, they always focus on the people that aren't at the party, not the people that are at the yeah, party. right. And it's like, just have fun with the people that are there. Yeah. Like, you've yeah. got 12 people here. Like, fuck, I only need, like, if we had one other person here, mm-hmm. bro, we've got enough beers, <laughs> that could <laughs> be a party, you oh, know? Right. I'm not um, going to worry about people who aren't there. Yeah. So you mentioned the album uh, release or the release party that you had and that was a, a was a holy fuck moment for you yeah. um can you share with us some of the other ones that you've had i read somewhere in like a magazine you and and who knows this maybe completely they might have engineered the words together but i remember reading back in the day that you were like you had one of these moments where you were uh eating lobster on like a oh. on a sailboat in italy or something and that was a moment where you took a breath and pause and you're like holy fuck this is uh, cool that's close yeah
1: no we're eating Oh, were are we eating not lobster. We're eating shrimp and drinking champagne on a boat. And we're in... Where were we? Prague. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I haven't so been to Prague, eh? It's sick, bro. It's real beautiful, obviously. Like, all that... But, like, you know, all those places in Europe. I mean, you do want to go see them all. But also, if you go see a few, it's kind of like... I think you've had the experience, yep. you know? Um, but, yeah, there was that. I know... That was just, like, a cool moment. I was just, like... You know, a moment you take to kind of, like, lap it up and appreciate things. Yeah. And... And that's, like, fuck... Because where, where I'm from, that's, like, my thing. I'm, like... I've been on tours over in Europe with people who are just, like, fuck this. You get angry about little shit. Um, I'm, like... The whole time, I spend, like... Man, i Like, it's... Emotionally... it's It kills you in points. Like, it's real drain. Like... You're drinking every night... Doing lots of cocaine... You're... Um, like you'll get sick... You'll lose your voice... You're unwell... But you just keep charging... And like... Smashing stuff... And... And you can like... Hit points where you just get real... These like... Just kind of emotional overloads... Yeah. But... For the most part man... Like... I spend like... The whole month out there... Just appreciating how fortunate I am... Mm. And like... And... And it's kind of pinpointed by these moments that are particularly beautiful, uh, and you just go, holy fuck, I'm lucky. And like, and I always think about my friends here who died when we we're teenagers, who killed themselves and shit. And I'm like, fuck, it's real important for me to like squeeze every bit of enjoyment out of this that I can. Yeah. Because fuck some of my friends like gave up without even getting a chance to know that like this can happen or Mm. like that anything can happen um and yeah and that's I'm real I'm real fucking grateful for my experiences that they allow me to kind of like go with that lens and just be like you know like I don't have to I don't get pissed off of the hotel shitty yeah yeah or, or like if the dinner the venue serves us ain't good, I'm just like, oh man, they gave us food.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I've
1: got somewhere to oh, stay. Actually, speaking of that, like, I'm being a dick, because one night I did have a big mare about my food at a venue, but it was <laughs> real bad. But they like gave me frozen vegetables and like this um, veggie patty. um, But yeah, apart from that... <laughs> That was real bad though, you have to understand, it was like, I've <laughs> been waiting for It must minute.
0: have been, bro, because like, you know, like, we've talked about your background and shit and, mm-hmm. you know, you sleeping on couches and fucking, I'm yeah. sure when you first kicked off, when you moved to Auckland, there were probably weeks and days on end where you didn't eat at all. Yeah. So that, that yeah. food must have been pretty fucking bad. <laughs> it was real bad,
1: yeah. I just wanted to check myself though and be like, ah, oh, I'm not this great, like, like, talking like, oh, I'm this great guy who appreciates everything. Nah, I get shitty sometimes and, and not appreciative. So, yeah. But, like, in general, man, the general feeling of, like, that month when I'm over there, I'm just like, holy fuck, this is dope. And, like, yeah, and I'm super lucky to be doing it, so.
0: Has there been a moment, I'm sure there has been, like, where you've seen someone be, you don't have to call any names or anything, mm-hmm. but seen someone be super ungrateful for, for their position oh man so much give us give us a story or tell us an example like I say nah, you don't have to use names really or nah I'll use fucking names <laughs> I don't give a
1: fuck you know that dude fuck is he the dead one even better if it's, like, someone who's dead now. It is the dead one.
0: Because then no one's going to come at you about it. Or
1: just not, because it's even harsher to name them. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's like, oh, man, like, oh, rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. But that dude from the Beastie Boys that died. Oh, yeah. Um, what's his name? Was he Mike D? or fuck, I can't remember. They all have stupid names anyway. Um. He was backstage at the Big Day Out when they played. Uh-huh. It's when they used to do the rap stage at Big Day Out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Was and, it the boiler room? No, they had the back one up the back. Yeah, yeah. It was next to the boiler room. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're playing there, and he is in the backstage area, and he's just standing by himself, like, watching the acts and shit, and he was um, just standing by himself, and I was like, oh, like, I'm friendly, man. So I was just like, oh, I'll go over and say what up, and, like, strike up a conversation. And so I went over, and I was like, hey, man, It's like, your first time out in New Zealand? He was like, second. And he just, like, treated me like a fucking fan, And I was like, like I want to punch him in the mouth, man. (laughs) I just like, I was just like, all right, bro, and like walked off. And I was like, you're a fucking prick. But I mean, like, upon reflection, uh, he doesn't get to reflect on this because he's dead. Uh, (laughs) but nah, like you know, anything could have been happening with him. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's the thing, yeah. You never know what people got going the fuck on in their lives, but. But
1: yeah, I guess like, like obviously, I ain't in the Beastie Boys. I ain't, like, dealt with the level of harassment he probably has at places and stuff, but still being, like, being in a position where people might, so it's real easy for people to get the wrong impression of you, right, if you're in that position, so, mm-hmm. and I've had it before where people are like, oh, weren't you blah, 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 you think you're too good, I'd be like, what? What are you, I don't, like, I don't see you, or some sure, shit, and it be from people you know, mm-hmm. right? Um Like someone will send you Someone you know from back in the day Will like send you a Facebook message about I don't know Some bullshit Yeah Like oh I don't know Just asking you something And like you'll see the message And, and then like You'll get a message from it And say oh too good to talk to us now So people are like real hypersensitive about What they think you might think So in that case You just be like Especially out in public Like you're super careful To be nice and kind to everyone try and give everyone the time of day yeah um and yeah so just like I don't know and and the other thing is too like in those situations myself and I ain't even in the fucking BC boys he should be real good at dealing with it Mm. so if it's like not a good time or whatever I'll explain I'll be like oh hey sorry like if someone's like so I had people once I got off a plane when I flew was it flying back from Europe so I just flown 38 hours or some shit and this dude at the airport, when I was like walking out the airport, asked me for a photo. And I was like, bro, I never say so, so say no to photos. I was like, but man, I just flew like 38 hours. And I just like, I know I probably look normal to you, but inside I feel like death. And I just don't want a photo taken of me at the moment. Like, you understand, right? And he's like, yeah, man, all
0: good. So, no, you know, it's real easy. To I was just- about to say, I hope he was cool with it. I hope this was yeah. not leading to an yeah. airport altercation. Yeah,
1: yeah. nah, no, he was cool. And I, but it's like, man, it takes like a second to explain. But then again, you know, I don't understand the scale to which he's dealt with that. Like, he might have to explain himself like 50 times in a row, which yeah, I don't think anyone would like very much.
0: On the flip side then, like, you know, because you've spoken about, you know, being backstage and, and stuff like that at Big Day Outs. So I remember um, being a, a Backstage Big Day out myself yeah. once again with the old HEPA-like thing kicked in yeah. for me And I found myself backstage there and meeting some pretty cool people is... On the flip side, you know, you've talked about, I guess, a not-so-great experience with a, quote-unquote, famous rapper or big-time name. Is there any big-time names that stand out in your mind that you've had a great experience with, that you've met with, that have been fucking awesome? Yeah. Um, It's been real cool. Talk about a couple, man. If you're trying to pick one, you can talk about more than one. Mm. I
1: met Dizzy Rascal when he first played here. I've met Dizzy, too. Yeah. So, he was only, like, 18, Oh. or 19 then, real young. And we are opening for him at, um, St. James in Auckland. Right. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, their backstage was next to ours, and we ran out of beer, and I was just like, man, like, I'd seen this backstage before they arrived, and it was full of beer, and like, food and shit. And I was just like, bro, I'm gonna go in on there one, and see if we can grab some beer. Because it was just him and his DJ, in there. <laughs> and I just like, it was loud because the venue coming from the music so I like banged on the door real hard and just opened it and I walked in and they're like safe, safe like with their hands up and shit like yeah. they thought someone was bum rushing their backstage and then I was like oh man like nah I just came to say what up and like see if I could grab a beer and I'm like oh yeah all good and like had a bit of a chat <laughs> grabbed a photo with him and yeah he was super nice I'm trying to think of fuck there must be like a real good interaction I had with someone I don't know. Like, most of the people I've met, like, super notable ones would be, like, in the punk and hardcore scene. And there's heaps of good cunts there. Heaps of dickheads Tell us, bro. Who? Who's cool. So, you heard of a band called Trapped Under Ice? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was
0: like, shit, he's gonna say something I don't know. But, Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I think the singer's name is Justice. And he, um, is that his? Yeah. That's his name. I was like, at this festival in the back area or just like behind the drum kit while a band was playing, I think band turnstile was playing and he walked past me and like spilt like a drop of water on my t-shirt. And my friend had just been telling me how he was the nicest dude in the world. And he spilt like this tiny drop of water on me, man. He spins around. he's like, fuck, I'm so sorry, man. Like he was real apologetic. I was like, bro, it was just some water. Like, well, it's all good. And, um, like, it was real over the top, in fact. But, <laughs> and I guess that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that dude who would be, like... He's pretty aware that, like, in those circles, he doesn't want someone walking around going, like, oh, this can't fucking spit water on me and just keep walking. Yeah. So he's pretty hyper-aware of what people might think of him. So, yeah. I can't think of any other good ones at the moment.
0: Tell us but, about that scene, then. Bro. Let's right on, on that punk punk rock scene. Because you got involved with a little bit of that stuff, too, eh? Yeah, yeah. So how did that all come about? Well, I... Because
1: like I in Auckland, I started hanging out with these people that were tattoos and shit, and they like were from that scene, and I'd go to some shows, and I started knowing people in the band. It's funny, like I guess like people probably would have thought, like from an outside, outsider's view, that I was like involved in that scene because I was present at things and I knew people, but like I was never real interested in the music. Like it was just never really for me. Like, I'd pick up bits that I liked here and there and listen to shit, but hardly. And then... And, yeah, I think through that, some, some of that somehow translated to Australia. And I think, like, I uh, probably, like, looked like a lot of them, so...
0: Australians, people, you mean, or some of the um, people in the scene?
1: Yeah, not Australians. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I looked like that scene, right? I had the tattoos and stuff, so... Um... Probably, like people are mad racist about rap music, man. Like white people love white rappers, not always, but like man, it's a massive thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, but so many lists where people like my top five rappers, that that they include me in, all the other people be white. It's like you don't have one favorite black rapper, like yeah, yeah, because you know, because they're pretty good, yeah, you know. <laughs> they kind of invented it and like the top five is like most likely always black people so never mind but you know some people are real funny but I I think it's that thing of you know like seeing yourself in something people love to have that reflected it's like when um like fighters and shit like you know how people will get real behind someone because of their personality and it's like,
0: oh they see something. But I'm like that with sports. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean not just fighters, but it's you know, massive it, in sports, with, with right? Any sport, man. Like mm. I like the loudest motherfucker there. Like, mm. you know, when I first started getting into UFC, I yeah. love Rampage. Like because he's he's fucking and I've seen him do a powerbomb. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. other than that, you know, like I'm I'm all about that yeah. so I get where you're at. Have you noticed
1: so speaking about like racism and sports mm. so like have you noticed in UFC so like Rampage. I know you're mad into UFC too, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm real
0: like mindful here that yeah. you might talk about some shit that yeah. I have no idea about because okay. I know that's your game, but let's go. So,
1: Rampage, really popular. Yep. John Jones, really popular. Um, Daniel Cormier is coming around now, but people hated him.
0: Yeah. It's um, nothing to do with the skill and from um, what I like, people love right. his skill level, but he just right. says like a clean cut. Square, yeah, dickhead. Yeah. Tyron Woodley? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. People hate him. Mm. So, what, what What? do you reckon is the difference between John Jones and Rampage, Daniel Cormier and Tyron Woodley? They hood. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> you know what it is? John Jones and um Rampage, they hood. They fit stereotypes mm. of black men yeah, yeah. that people already know and are comfortable with. So, Daniel Cormier and Tyron Woodley come ah. along. And they're, like... And they don't fit that mould. Thoughtful, mold. well-spoken people, like... That ain't black people. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, it's uncomfortable for them. I, re- I really believe that, like... Because I-, I used to think about it heaps, because... Like, I love DC. I'm not a huge fan of Tyra. But um, I love DC. And... And for ages, it's like, why do people fucking hate this cunt? He's the man. Like, he's real dope. When he talks, if you listen to him, he like... He's articulate as Yeah, well. he gives you insight into what it is to be a fighter and shit and it's super interesting and it's just like, he turned turn up, people boo him. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. like, cry after the fight because it means so much to him. It's yeah, like, yeah. how do people not admire that? This is everything to him and then like, he'll like, turn him into a meme, like making fun of him. So yeah, there was... But yeah, I think... What was it about? Oh, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, I think Australians or people who are into hardcore and punk and shit see me and they'll be like, oh...
0: He's one of us.
1: Yeah, like... (laughs) And then maybe listen to the music and be like, oh, this is perhaps some rap music for me.
0: Yeah. Cool, man. Mm. And what's... Because there's a lot of similarities between punk and hip-hop, for sure. Like... Yeah. Like, people can't deny that as much as they try. Yeah, yeah. And so you often find, like... Were you ever merging the two worlds? Like, did you ever, like, have yeah. friends that were in the hip-hop world, so to speak, that weren't too massive onto the punk world, but then after, through you, I guess, or well, they've been like, fuck, actually, I can fuck with this shit. Like, it's not that bad. Yeah, I think there's been
1: degrees of that. Mm. Never to a huge degree, but, like, yeah, there's definitely been degrees of it.
0: And- I only say that, man, because, like, having a background in radio and dj and stuff people have always asked me like what's new what's yeah. good and all that sort of thing and and i love the internet how like it's you know we were talking before we started the podcast about like how there used to be pop stations hip-hop stations but now everything kind of everyone kind of plays everything and the internet's given us a gateway for people to just find what works for them yeah i think back in the day it used to be a lot of well you're over here, so you're going to listen to this. Yeah, you're over yeah, here, oh, yeah. the internet's kind of taken away that kind of control now. Yeah, that doesn't really
1: seem to exist anymore. Eh? no. Nah. It's just like there's what's popular and that's what the kids listen to.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's just like that's what it is. It's like that's not... The, yeah, and there's been heaps more crossing of those boundaries
0: as well. So... Yeah, they almost kind of don't exist in some, some nah. ways now. Yeah. So I guess since we're on the topic, we're talking about... New new music and stuff like that. Do you have an opinion on kind of commercial radio and all that sort of shit? Well, I don't listen to any, so I don't. I
1: don't really know what they're playing. Like boys at work will play like Flavor and Mya shit. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate it, but. There'll be like songs on there. I'll be like, all right, this is cool. Yeah. Um. But just not often, but I listen to new music. I hardly listen to old music. Like, what I hear, I was with a boy the other day, and like, because heaps of boys will listen to the music of my childhood, and they'll be like, fuck mumble rapper. Like, <laughs> oh, you mean the boys that you work with? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll be 15, and they'll be like, because they know what I listen to, then I'll be like, fuck mumble rapper. And I'll be like, bro, how do you even know this? This, was, this came out like five years before you were born. This is what I grew up with. I was like, listen to this bro I'm bored like <laughs> as, yeah so this boy played regulate in the car and I was like man I was like I ain't heard this for like 10 years but I could like rap you every word he's like not ah. Uh. <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah cause it's real funny man like heaps of the boys from like regional parts of New Zealand they're like growing up on the same music like I did it's fucking mm. weird but yeah I, I, I listen to like new artists I'm, I'm hard out like with everything man pray to a fault i'm like progression 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 i'm like steamroll the past and like discover what's new like and not just with creativity just like everything i'm like um
0: you said it when we packed it open right like you're an anarchist you like to fucking throw something at yeah. and, ch- and challenge the the norm yeah yeah force people to think outside their own comfort zones a little bit yeah well, that's just what i'm picking up isn't yeah. It? yeah
1: so it's like my politics as well like everything i'm just like oh we're still like dealing with people like protesting abortion on the corner fucking run them over because because <laughs> the only way their stupid ideas die is when it dies with them like so a real, a real good friend of mine once I was having an existential crisis I was like couldn't leave my house and shit and I was real sad that like the world was gonna end or like everyone was gonna die and um she was like we need to die so our stupid ideas die with us and the world can be better She's like like our grandparents they'll die they have you know what their ideas are like I was like fuck they do need to die and I was like Oh, that's comforting kind of like morbidly comforting
0: yeah yeah it is kind of fucked like, up, I, so I, like, I went to the Queen movie last night, you know, thinking of mm. just on, on the topic of old ideas, um, and, you know, watching how much of a mission it was for Freddie Mercury to come out, mm. and yeah. stuff like that, and I remember watching it thinking, fuck, why is it so hard, but it's easy to say in this day and age, I guess, I mean, when yeah. I think, like, well, I'm 30 now, and I think 10 years ago when I was at school, oh, sorry, 12 years ago when I was at school. Yeah. Fuck, if... You know, the language and shit... Like, if there's any... Like, but dudes get rolled for, like... Yeah. Being gay. And yeah. stuff like that back then. And then it's trippy as well to think... And then even every time when I watch movies, like, remember the Titans and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just like, fuck, we actually lived in a world where dudes, purely because of the colour of their skin... Yeah. Were actually treated like fucking animals. Yeah. Like, so it's nuts. I think
1: as soon as it kind of, like... As a lot of... As, like, a lot of bad cultural things disappear... Is they feel like ancient history, right? Because mm. I guess it's like you know, it's like something embarrassing you've done.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you're just like, <laughs> fuck,
1: push that away and let's forget that ever happened. I think as a society, that's what we do. We're like, holy shit, that was embarrassing. When you're reminded of it, you're like, what the fuck, like. Um, and it's funny, man, because like, fuck, that's something I, I like. I'm terrified of being an old person who like isn't up to date with what's happening culturally. Mm. Like I don't wanna be the old dude like like looking at teenage girls I and mean, being like, ah, oh, you know, making sexist comments and shit. Like I don't wanna be that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking gross and you know everyone's like, ah oh, don't worry, he's just my old. crazy my crazy old girl. Yeah. Old. He's, just <laughs> old, like, he's just old. Crazy fucked up. He's just old I'm like like I used to hear that and be like, ah oh, yeah, he's from a different time. I'm like, is that even an excuse now because mm. like you can choose to like uh be of your time or you can choose to progress and like learn about the world more. But I think that because that's what stops it, right? You're just like, oh, I know everything now, and now I'm just gonna stop learning. So like, yeah, yeah. so like granddad stopped learning in the nineteen sixties, and he <laughs> he thinks he thinks it's all right to like smack the waitress on the ass and tell her she has nice tits or something. You know, because that's he stopped learning yeah. when that was an okay thing to do. Somewhat, to, like not for the lady obviously, but for it was. Yeah, socially acceptable yeah so fuck I never want to be that guy and I think it's like I believe it's possible not to be that guy yeah for sure you just like you need people it's just a
0: conscious effort yeah conscious decision
1: yeah and the people you choose to be in community with people around you
0: because you need motherfuckers to tell you that shit's not cool yeah if you've got people around you telling you all the time that things are okay you're great well then of course you're going to think where you can get off some shit that you can't get away with you know, it's all about politics, like, Trump must have some fucked up friends, like, oh to man. let him think that what he does and what he says is all good.
1: Yo, I don't think he has friends, I think he has people that are scared of him. Yeah, yeah. That's close to him, and that's how you end up in that, but that's how you end up like a fucking raving lunatic, right? It's like, oh, no one will, like, pull you up on your shit.
0: Well, I mean, it's fucking scary because there's obviously a lot of people out there who feel and think the same way. They just don't yeah. say it out loud, but they said it with their votes. Yeah,
1: he's like, absolutely the dude in the fucking like diner, like slapping the witches on the ass, you know, and thinking, "Hey, it's always been okay." Yeah, yeah. And people, are, everyone else is like,
0: "Dude, so my friends do it, <laughs> their friends do it, we all do it, everybody does it." And it's like, no, they don't. Just you do it. When yeah. he's like, "Well, and he fucking yeah. does it." Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, fuck, if I ever become that guy, someone kill me.
0: <laughs> like. But one question I want to ask you as well, bro, like, this is just me. Like I said to you um, before we started the podcast earlier, you know, my, my background in radio and stuff, I started real young. Like I was 15, 16 when I got my yeah. first job in radio. And so I've um, been a fanboy for ages of New Zealand hip hop and stuff just because I've seen it go through all its different mm. parts and... Um, one question I've always been interested in: how did you end up on that, that PNC Who Better Than This remix? How did that come uh, about? It's yeah. probably a real simple, interesting story maybe. Nah, but it's,
1: it's actually a cool story. Or like, you know, for someone that would like nerd out about New Zealand rap, it's a cool story. Yeah. So, because it goes way further back than like that song. So PNC, he was in Palmerston North and I'd moved to Auckland I think like the first time we talked I probably would have already been in Auckland I think but so and you got to remember things were tiny back then and people were less accessible than they are now like we had the internet but it wasn't how it is now Nah, it wasn't
0: like no social yeah. media yeah so it was like email
1: <laughs> yeah so he was like he posted some songs on the New Zealand hip-hop forums and I think like myself having gotten out of like regional New Zealand to go to a hub where things were happening, because nothing was happening in the regions, really. Mm. It was, like, the same as me and my friends. We were, like, super isolated. We are just doing our own thing. Um, and I heard some songs he posted. I was like, holy fuck, this dude's good. And I was like, oh, he's from Palmy North. Like, I'll reach out to him, because he's probably, like, the same as, you know, feeling how we were. And I ended up convincing him to move to Auckland. And he came, and he joined up with Break & Rake. He had a song on the first compilation and um, and he ended up getting signed to Dirty I think just off the strength of that one song that he put out on the Break and Wreck compilation and that went real well for him there was some like there was some hard feelings between people not me and him we like always kept a good relationship because he came like did the thing with Break and Wreck and there was plans to do stuff with him and then Dirty kind of poached him yeah was the feeling, which, I mean, they did, but they also had mechanisms to, like, propel that dude and, like, do stuff for him, so, yeah. Um,
0: And it worked out for him, so he can't be,
1: well... Yeah, well, I, I don't know how things ended with those labels and shit, I don't know, but, I mean, fuck yeah, he definitely experienced some success with them, mm. for sure. So it definitely helped, and it was probably the right move. Um, Or maybe not, because, like, if we kept the collective together we would have remained independent, and we would have, like, you know... It would have been better as a collective. But anyhow... Yeah. But him and I... it be us, a long road if we yeah. go down
0: the what-if journey. Yeah, so that,
1: that... And that was a funny... And I think, like... So there was hard feelings between him and Break and & Wreck, but never him and I. And I think he was putting out that song, and that was, like, a... Like, he was, like, you know, like, you're my homie. Like, always don't matter about this other shit the other politics yeah like jump on my song that I know is gonna be a big song so that was cool that was good of him we're still friends like we ain't seen each other in ages but like he's the sort of friend like his mum passed away when was it like two years ago or something and it's like I ain't talked to him for ages like it feels like we don't even have a relationship anymore but like I gotta message him and say say that I'm thinking about him because his mum died like you know, those sorts of friendships. Yeah, yeah. Where you hear something heavy happens, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm, I need to get in touch. Like, I need to say something.
0: I think, and that's awesome, bro, that you did, because I think a lot of people, they've got those relationships and shit like that happens and they're yeah. too scared to reach out. Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, if you're listening and you've got that sort of shit happening, like, what what harm could it do yeah. to send them a bit of love? They might not see it yeah. or they might not reply back, but fuck, yeah. man, holler at. It
1: and I yeah I think that's an important thing so like I guess what people people might like feel like ah, the impulse to reach out right and then they might start thinking about like oh what am I gonna say blah 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 yeah yeah it's like tell the person it's like Brian I know we ain't talked in years and like you don't need a reply I know this is like a crazy time for you but I want you to know you're a dickhead, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just be you. straight yeah. up, eh? Yeah, hey. yeah, like, yeah. like
0: it, don't try and hide the fact that you haven't spoken in ages. Don't yeah, try and yeah. hide the fact that you might not be super tight or yeah. if, like, as you were, because, yeah, yeah, like, you, you know, you might make that person's fucking day, man. Yeah,
1: and let them know you're not expecting a response, because that's the only real concern you could have. Like, well wishes and, like, people's love and thoughts, great, like the only possible burden could be that you might feel obliged to reply when you don't want to or whatever so just let them know you ain't got to reply yeah but usually when you do that people will like come back and tell you how much they appreciate it
0: <laughs> might be a while later but they usually do come back yeah. And it'll be months not, later like not say you need it no no and that's that. not the aim of it yeah, yeah but usually they come back and mm-hmm. like i've done that a few times that i've been traveling and stuff you know i've had friends that i grew up with when i was like four or five and I haven't spoken to him in a while, but I shoot them a message and stuff, and I've never once regretted doing that. Yeah. I've um, regretted it when I haven't done it. Yeah,
1: fuck yeah, yeah. But I've it. never regretted doing it. So You're going to see the person one day and be like, oh, yeah, um, you know how your mother passed away, and I didn't say shit. Yeah, that's awkward. Also, not the reason why you do it, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, just speaking of PNC, Sam, um, he's the type of person... He's a fun... He's hilarious
0: eh bro right. Like I've Through my radio and stuff Like I've had a chance To hang out with him oh, right. He wouldn't know Who the fuck I am yeah. But just From you know like After yeah. concerts And stuff like that Like I remember being With him in Wellington bro And he yeah. was just Fucking hilarious Yeah So
1: we, we're like We haven't like Purposefully hung out In the longest time But I know if we did We would have a real good time Because that would be funny as fuck He's just a funny Fun person man Like Yeah He's hilarious
0: sweet so i'm going to ask you we were talking before about like people's top fives and we were cracking up at like how a lot of people they got like white rappers like white dudes are like all yeah, white rappers yeah. you're like are you sure yeah who would you put i'm going to give you six six all right i just because we're from the oh six so i'll give all you six right. top six. eminem yellow wolf is this an order that, or that, or is that guy from the beastie six?
1: boys no i'm just naming all white dudes <laughs> um no my top five Oh, fucking hell, this is so hard. I ain't even thought about it in years because I stopped, like, being a rap nerd. Yeah. I don't know how long ago, but I used to do this all the time. But I'll do... Fuck, I don't even think I can think of, like, six favourites at the moment. But my favourite at the moment is Rob Banks. He's the son of Shaggy. My second favourite, probably Future, because he just every, he keeps putting out good music. Like, he's so consistent. Third... He's putting out good shit at the moment. Um, I like, I really like this dude called Bass Santana. He's a pretty obscure guy. Ah, new to me too. Real good. His like, I'm not used to being surprised so I like that. Yeah, so he's super underground but like, you'll listen to his music and you'll just be like, oh, like you'll get it straight away. It's fun. And like, yeah, it's just accessible but like real good and clever as well. Cool. He's, fuck he's supremely underrated man like that dude should be big because he makes shit that you can just like you know music like that's easily digestible yeah and that's kind of like not always but often that's how music you feel like music should be like you should just connect with it yeah for sure that's kind of what he does I think
0: hip hop like it's kind of fucked up like hip hop can be its own biggest detriment at times because we kind of try and force dudes to be complicated and yeah intricate and shit it's like
1: let a dude have fun yeah it you know? can lose all it's feel yeah. and I mean like and people always say, like, oh but you know like you gotta respect this and, and it's like how did it start it was dudes having fun mm. like they're dressing up funny they're like being mad flamboyant dressing up funny hey, you see
0: that old shit that fucking the uh, two wrecking crew and shit used to get up yeah, to like-
1: yeah and they were just like and they weren't like being real reflective or introspective or nothing they were like doing they were, they were doing the shit rappers still doing that they get criticised for they're like imagining having like fancy cars yeah, like, yeah, and they're talking about getting honeys and just the same shit speaking
0: it into fruition yeah
1: it's party music
0: it's funny actually i seen an interview with Jaden Smith not too long ago mm. with Will Smithston and um Will son and they're saying like I think what was, was it on the Breakfast Club I can't remember it was, well, it was on a radio commercial station anyway and they are yeah. giving him shit like you know how do you feel about being like the only rapper kind of of your generation who's actually got a bit of substance you know like all the dudes you're surrounded by and he's just like what are you talking about and they're like well you know like you talk about things that are happening and stuff but all the guys that you feature with or that Mm. are around you they all talk about you know popping zannies and all that Mm. sort of thing he's like you forget when he's like when people like my dad used to rap it was i'm going to the store Mm. and it's just like what the fuck is that shit about and he's just like everyone goes through their own different yeah. things. And see, those dudes will realize that they've been silly one day when yeah. they grow up, but they are kids. So they're yeah. rapping like kids. Let the kids have fun, man. Um, <laughs> like any naughty kid, you grow yeah. up and realize how naughty you were. Yeah. Like we are both talked about, like we haven't disowned any of the shit. Like, yeah, we went through some shit as well. There was yeah. probably some family stuff, but we know we were fuck ups too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's a, yeah. And I think that's what's weird about it. It's some real cranky old man shit to like, you know, have your experience of rap music in your youth. And then, like, want it to be... You want to dictate how a kid today's experience should be with the music? Mm. So, fucking leave them the fuck alone,
0: old man. And when you were their age, do you think anybody could tell you like Yeah, yeah.
1: Don't be weird and creepy, old man. Just (laughs) let the kid enjoy silly rap music. But, um, so that's three... Fuck, I'm really struggling to think of ones, but I'll shout out some local dudes. Yeah, do that. So, keeping New Plymouth Rap Alive is my man, Herman. Or as my mom calls him Hexaman, because he has an X instead, and yeah, 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 yeah. in, instead of an E, he's killing it, man. He's making such good music, and like so much of it, it's insane. Like, so, like we have we have, it's New Plymouth. We have ties, and um, uh, so, but like, so I knew he was making rap music. And someone showed me something of his way back in the day. It was real early, and it wasn't good. And I was just like, oh, this kid is trash, <laughs> you know. And then, I, and then, like, I don't really check anything for. I AM. think I
0: heard that you said that actually. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. and then I heard and. But then I heard
0: you featured. So then.
1: Yeah, and then I heard um, and then I just one day I checked the song of his, because I'm not a complete asshole. And I was like, man, I'll check out what this kid's doing. And I checked out the song. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, he made the beat and the beat was wild he still wasn't like real good at rapping at that point but now he's real fucking good at rapping and producing this is like this is maybe 3-4 years ago and I just recognised I was like holy fuck this kid's talented and dedicated man and he's like already made way more music than me made way better music than me he's just he's doing incredible shit and, but it's real hard for him I think oh he's got international audience cause he's good he's that level but, like, he don't I, don't, I don't know how much love he gets in New Zealand. Mm. It's the same old shit, though. We went through it as well. And it's just, like, oh, a few.
0: It's a common yeah. theme, eh? Like, a lot of dudes kind of do find a bit more love overseas before they do yeah. in New Zealand. Like, what yeah. do you think that is? What's your theory? Like, do you think it's a tall poppy thing, or? Well, I just think, like, I,
1: I kind of, like, like, it's probably, like, a perception thing as well. So you might see groups in Spotlight and shit and it appears like they're doing real well but like fuck i seen behind that curtain they ain't doing they ain't doing shit um so like the underground artist at the time the guy who's kind of like grinding in his bedroom don't know no suits or nothing he might feel like and i felt like I'm like the fuck how are these cats like you know doing all this and doing all that yeah, using
0: that chip on the shoulder
1: yeah yeah it's like that's bullshit cause like I'm better than them and like you know, that's mm. the that's thing to feel when you're making rap music. But, like, they ain't really... It ain't what it seems. And you're better off in your bedroom. Like, you're better off doing your own thing without the suits because they'll fuck you. Like, nothing's changed. Like, the suits will still fuck you. So And it's, like, happening to this day. Like, to local artists, like, I know stuff, which I can't talk about, but mm. it's happening. and. Um, so you went through that sort of stuff yourself? I got fucked over by a label in Aussie they like owed me 10 grand and um you never saw it nah they were like we kept going in for the money and they're like oh yeah we're gonna like deposit that did he get the ice cube on no also i was with a friend (laughs) i was with a friend and like they owed him as well he's australian he's like way more sensible than me he's like he's not a violent dude or nothing he's he like does business like he's business savvy but, like, you know, sometimes it pays off to be street savvy. Because yeah, yeah. I had, like, a, like I know when people try and fuck you around. I think he knew they were trying to fuck us around as well, but our responses were different. I was like, bro, let's get baseball bats and go into their office and start smashing shit until they give us the money. He's like, fuck no. I was like, let's fucking do it. I was like, bro, they're going to fuck us. Mm. They're not going to give us the money. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. They will, like, we'll talk to a lawyer or something. I was like, fuck that. Like, let's fuck shit up. And, bro, they, like, went bankrupt and shut shit down. And, like, some dudes were pursuing them, like, trying to pursue the money. But I think it's real hard once a company's, like... Liquidated yeah, and shit. Yeah. So, it's like fucking
0: mission. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been fucked... Especially as an artist, it'd be hard, too. Yeah, I've been fucked over. So. Did you... Could you ever see yourself stepping into that role? Like, maybe being... I wouldn't say an agent or a manager or whatever but obviously you've seen some shit happen and I'm sure you'd like to to prevent that from continuing to happen yeah
1: so I definitely had the thought of like managing artists so like um see like um I was gonna Asher who was Herman I'd be perfect to manage him because like he's who I was like I was going to say he reminds me a lot yeah like I can see
0: similarities
1: yeah he's like I totally understand what he's doing like I totally get it and that's all honest that's like the first thing that's so hard to find a manager is someone who understands what you're trying to do and who you are and shit but like I get that about him and then someone who understands the industry as well and also understands your value and will like not be fucked around by the suit someone who will like fight with them yep for you and I'd be perfect to do that for someone like him I just don't have time but um yeah fuck Uh, I got like the the work I do with young people is like too important for me to like dedicate any time in that field but fuck I'd love to do it man like I'd love to like see what I could do in that field because I think I'd take that same thing of like taking the baseball bat into the label And be like, alright, where's the fucking money? Like, cause that shit works. Like, our um the dude who ran Breaking and Wreck, I don't know if I uh, yeah, I can talk about it. But like this club wasn't gonna pay us. Um, they were like trying to shortchange us and change the deal after we'd like made a deal with them. And then they try to fuck us around on it, and he was like, oh, I'm gonna come back and burn your bar down. And we got the money. <laughs> and so, like, yeah like it ain't it ain't always go in the music industry it don't always have to be sorted out in the office if you're talking about business like you can still yeah if you're on the right you fucking go hard like I, I still love that like that appeals to me like fighting for something you believe in yeah so like so um, Asher Herman I see him I was like man he's if I was his manager, I'd be like, he's better than all these other fucking rappers that are, like, getting all the media attention in New Zealand. And I'd just be... I would go to the, to the publications and, the, you know, all those avenues. I'd be like, these artists you're covering are fucking boring. Would you like to cover someone interesting? And I'd have the story for them. I know how to present that. But, yeah, that ain't me, though. But I like the idea.
0: Cool. Well, something to ponder,
1: right? Mm. Sounds like it's getting your wheels turning a bit. It is, eh? <laughs> Fuck, I should stop talking about it before I try and do it. <laughs> but yeah, him, this kid, have you heard a kid called Dhamarat? No. Nah. He's incredible. No, local dude? Auckland. Okay. I think he's from Pukakoi. How do you spell it? D-H-A-R-M-A-R-A-T. He's, same thing, prolific as, like, he puts out a project, like, every couple months. He's different. different from Herman. Like if you were a fan of, if, say you were a fan of like, he's, he's quite a rapper's rapper, like the way Tom Scott is.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but, but his, um, uh,
0: But you think like the everyday people built be able to digest that shit. Yeah,
1: his, his sound isn't as traditional, so mm-hmm. his sound's a bit more modern. So, but he's fucking talented, man. The kid, and like, so most rap I listen to I don't really like care about what the artist is saying or trying to figure out who they are or whatever but this kid's intriguing man like he like I don't think he's been super open in his music yet but he touches on like some past experiences some like trauma and stuff and you can tell he just kind of dances around the edge of it and makes you real intrigued it's real clever cause like I don't know if he's I don't think he's doing it on purpose maybe he is cause he's a real smart kid mm. but um, so he's not
0: telling you the full story he's leaving some to the imagination Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: So like whenever I hear his instru- intru- introspective music I'm like fuck what's happening in this kid's life like I want to know Um and
0: I love good story channels, man so Yeah I love the
1: looking He's, he's fucking good man So good And just the same thing again criminally underrated
0: like Yeah So do you have this is kind of random, I guess, just coming up organically from our conversations. If, do you have like a, a bit of a plan of attack, like in your head, how you would run a label if you were to run a label? Or you haven't actually Look, thought about it? like, um,
1: Yeah, no, I haven't really thought about it because it hasn't been something up being been super interested yeah. I don't think I'd want all that responsibility. But then I guess Managing is essentially The same Like sort of responsibility But Um Yeah I think Less than having a label now More so like Collectives Is kind of like Seems like the way to go So you like Build strength In a collective But that's another Difficult thing To kind of Keep together and shit right? Or to Work as a community Or cohesive unit So Nah All that shit Sounds like a headache but I like the more to, people like, you add into it. Yeah, yeah. I just like to grab one artist and, like, spearhead their kind of shit and just be like, yeah, see what you could do with it. But, like, fuck, man, I don't even... I might, I might be a relic now. I might not even fucking <laughs> know how
0: shit works. But, but at the end of the day, man, like, you've got their their best interests, at yeah. heart. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of that as well, let's talk about what... Well, did you... Your mahi that you're doing now, was that sus before you come home? Or did you come home to do that? Or how did that all work? I think I
1: kind of had an idea. So I was like, the first idea was like, I'm sick in Melbourne. Uh, No, I wasn't sick of it actually. But I was like, I don't know, I wanted to come home. There's something about it. Like, so a few guys, so like Tom Scott... And you
0: needed that shake up we talked about at the beginning, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some people just need to go home and lick yeah. their wounds. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So, Tom Scott and Louie Tui from At Peace have moved over to Melbourne. And um, and I've gone home and I just, I come home. It was the first time in six years I've come home. And I like traveled around the country, played some shows and saw some things and just, yeah. And I think I want to come back to like, particularly like the music community here. I want to be around those people and I wanted to make some music and that's kind of what I did. So that was the first thing. But but then I think the other thing that happens or what I find happens to me is you go from big pond and you come back to a smaller pond and what used to seem so massive and like difficult to kind of like navigate or uh, make malleable to like your... To, for you to shape how you want it so I'm like talking about a city here so like you go to Melbourne and you start like figuring some things out and you're like oh, I can make the city work for me and like you've done it in Auckland and you've done it in New Plymouth but then once you go and you take those steps and you go do it in Melbourne you're like oh yeah like I got the I'm, I got the city sussed and like um, I got hookups everywhere and you know you just kind of suss the place out yeah like a little you formula
0: gun. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: and you come back to Auckland you're like oh fuck, Auckland's easier than I thought it was when I lived here last time. And then um, I was just like, oh, fuck, like I want access to this person. I'll just get access to them. or And everything, just when I came home, everything was so easy. So it was like, And then I was like, what do I want to do? I was like, oh, fuck, I've always wanted to work with young people, but I just wasn't sure how. And I'm just like, All right. Facebook, so looking to work with young people, who's doing it in Auckland? People just like blah blah, like right, come meet this woman, blah blah. And then she's like, I'll oh, come to this thing. And then she's like, oh, Yeah, do you want a job? I so, yeah, things just became heaps easier, which is a massive privilege. Like, I, yeah, I understand like, why it's like that, but yeah, and that I'm lucky again, but yeah. And so then yeah, I guess I'm going to fucking tackle big city again.
0: So, how is it, how has your journey? You know, all the things we've talked about from... Um, and I, you know what I mean. I don't mean it disrespectfully, mm. but your dysfunctional family or dysfunctional mm. family life. Yeah. Um, and your unorthodox, I guess, way of, way of getting into music and stuff like that. How is that helping out with you working with these kids? We've well, been explaining, actually, to our people listening what it is exactly you're doing, we've been doing and what yeah. you've been home. And what starts about.
1: Yeah, so... The massive thing is... There's a couple massive things that my experience has helped me with. One's being creative, because if like the traditional way of doing things doesn't work for you, then like you gotta get creative. You gotta like you gotta think outside the square and which society is becoming more like anyway these days. Like things are changing in terms of what we think or how we think you're supposed to do things. Yeah. So yeah my experience in being creative and like, just finding avenues that helped me that were non-traditional. They weren't like ones that were just like, you were told from birth, it's like, oh, you do this, then you do this, then you do this. I was like figuring it out through accident and mistakes and shit. Like yeah, banging my head into many walls. And I was like, oh, okay. Like after banging my head into 10 walls, I'm like, oh, this kind of works. And like run down that avenue you know, until the next obstacle. So being creative in that way. And then, uh, and then the other big driver of like working with young people is, because it's all real simple concepts, like at the core of it for me, is if there's people around you who are important in your life, who tell you you're valuable, you'll feel valuable, And then you'll act like you matter. So... It's so funny when you say it like
0: that. It makes it sound so simple. That's
1: real fucking simple, right? But, like, lots of people don't have that. And, like, as society changes and becomes more individualistic, you know, uh, that's why we see a rise in mental health problems. Because, like, communities evaporating. People are becoming standalone. And... Because what heals you is the people... Ar- when you're all fucked up, like, what heals you... It's the people around you that care, right? And yep. say, nah, you matter to us. Yeah. That's the only thing that heals you. Like, you don't have the strength to do it yourself... If you get that low. So... And as we move... More and more away from, like, having communities... The more people get isolated with their hurt... And then they're fucked. Like... Um... So... Yeah, the... Like I'm like fuck I want community and I wanna be part of community for young people who don't have the people around them that are telling them that they're important and that they matter and that they've, they're are valued so yeah just getting to and like it's not enough like I can't I can't just go I like I can have an impact mm. but like it needs to be sustainable it needs to be a community of people around the person like. Like, like you're,
0: you're just one dude?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I can't, like. So that's why you have an organization, and but, like, it needs to go beyond that, too. It needs to be more organic. And I think, like, so, like, heaps of shit's government controlled at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So they hand out the money, they deem where it's. Instead of just, like, going to the community and being like, who are the people in this community that are, like, healing and. Like, looking after the kids. And, I see what you're saying. You know? Because a lot of people that have been doing it without asking for anything, they know the solutions. They're like, you know, you know the grandma and she's yeah, like... The auntie. Yeah. The, and she has the safe house where the kids who live in an unsafe home go when they need, need to be safe.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, those are the people that have the solutions and, like, more of that. And it's, like, creating those places because they're, like, evaporating... So now we kind of, we need to, and like we need resources so we need to put money in and kind of create those places. Not artificially, because you get the right people who understand what community means. And then like, and but yeah, you grow it with resources and money and the right people which, and then create these places where people can go and heal or or they grow up somewhere where the, there's healing and growth and all that sort of shit because you have people around you who are like, you know they you make you feel valued yeah you don't miss out in school because there's like you have 20 elders around you who like and they're like yeah he's a little prick but you know what <laughs> yeah but he's yeah, our little he, prick <laughs> yeah and <laughs> he's really outgoing and social or you know like they pick out the your strengths and, like those
0: teachers did with me yeah me spoke yeah about. exactly yeah
1: that's how things supposed to work
0: he, we've just gotten away from that a little bit eh yeah mm. Do you think we can get back there?
1: Well, probably when everything like fucking destructs. Probably like when the world goes to absolute shit. Anarchy? um, Yeah, like shit's gonna get real... I think shit's gonna get real fucked up before it gets better. So, but I mean... But we also get the opportunity to like create it for ourselves. Which is... I actually had a thought the other day. I was like, oh. Because I like am taking a new job. And it's mostly about growth. But there's a side of this new job where I have the opportunity to make heaps more money than what I'm currently making. Okay. And I was questioning that with myself. I was like, is it about money? And like after like reflecting, while I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, it's about growth like that's what I want because I was like I want to go learn what I need to learn and I don't know exactly what's going to happen but I'm going to learn things in this new role that quite possibly I'll bring back and then I'll be able to do my own things, like run my own things and shit because there's some, still some skills I need to learn that's what I'm going to do but the, um, what the fuck was my point the money um, oh yeah and then I had this thought and I was like, I was like, fuck, you know what? Like, what about just fuck it all and just go after the money? Because like, I don't know why I thought this, because I never think like this. Yeah. yeah. But I was just like, that's all. And I was like, why not just fucking go out after the money? Like the world's fucked anyway. Um, <laughs> and just this real strange thought that entered my head. And I just thought about it for a while. I'm like, and like that, that ain't me but it just entered my head and it's like and I think that's like that that's easy right it's just go oh fuck it like I'll go all out for myself and like just fucking like consume and like get just squeezed but that's joyless right that's not really like a happy existence it's pretty
0: short term mate
1: yeah yeah the real fulfilling shit is like creating community and like uh, being part of people's like progress and that sort of shit that's what's real fulfilling and cool so
0: so couple of questions bro before I let you rock and roll there's someone out there I ask this to every person I have join me Mm. um there's someone out there right now who's feeling they're at their lowest they're at they're at the bottom of the pit they're feeling shit Mm. what would your advice be to them right now at this point in time in their life oh so hard cause like Every situation's different,
1: obviously, but... Yeah, so feeling really fucking low... Is... Man... Like, there's all the cliches... And, like, cliches exist for a reason... Because they're often true...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know... But... I guess... I guess the thing I would say... Like, people will, like, guarantee you things will get better... Like, I can't guarantee you that... They might get fucking worse before they get better... But... There's opportunity for them to get better and it's likely that that will happen um but yeah you don't know and like uh i think we get like real fixated on what life is supposed to be but like for all the like i've been real low i've been like super low like i i like got out of jail once the first time and i was like i'll never go back to jail Two weeks later. <laughs> but I was in jail. And I was, like, in my cell. And I, like, couldn't understand how it happened. I had no control over my life. Like, I didn't know what was happening. And, like... That's some shit. Whatever, like, you know, I I know people, like, go through way worse shit. But I was in there. And I was... I can't imagine feeling lower than that. I don't think. Maybe. um, But... Yeah, I was so despondent and depressed and sad that night, but, like, things got heaps better, it took ages, but that's, that's the cool thing about life is, like, increments of success, if you go so low, that, like, you're not sure how things are going to continue, then when you start to come out the other side, and you have, like, the tiny bits of success, feel, like, fucking huge. Like, Daniel Cormier knocking out Stipe Miocic. <laughs> yeah. Like, he lost a, he lost that fight to Jones, and he was crying in the octagon. And then the next year, like, sports metaphors, terrible, who am I? But um, <laughs> a year later, bro, he knocked out the heavyweight champ in the first round. No one thought he could do it. I did, because I know i fucking win when I see one. Yeah. But he went from tears one year to the next year, holding up the two belts just all this shit in his past put behind him, like, and, and yeah, and I think that's, that's a metaphor for life, man, you can, you can bounce back and like, just, yeah, and I think fucking, yeah, real important to recognize those increments of success, because if things are real bad, your successes might look real small next to someone else. Who hasn't had it as rough as you have. Yeah. Like, don't compare your shit to them because for you your successes are massive and fucking celebrate them, acknowledge them, and then that's how you move on to more and more of those and make them bigger and bigger.
0: Do you think that's a big problem? Like uh, cause I feel it is. I, I feel it's a big problem we've got you know, I've done a bit of travel too and, and I feel like I've I feel like I can say in this country, not I don't think it's a global thing, I think it's a thing we've got in New Zealand that's pretty bad is is allowing people to celebrate I don't know whether you want to call it tall, tall poppy syndrome or what mm. but you know like I see a friend who's doing well so they'll talk about how well they're doing not mm. in a cocky asshole way but they're just like fuck man you know I passed that paper or I did this and say we're in a crew of the boys like five of them will be like shut up bro you idiot yeah. sort of thing and yeah. I'm or I don't I mean, I want to sound, make myself yeah. sound good but I'm the only one there going bro that's fucking mean like yeah. do you think that's a common problem or am I just hanging out with the wrong people <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I mean, but like, fuck, it's pretty easy to find that and use it on culture. But I think fuck, I think that's, like a massive um. Is that larger? That's largely a male problem, right? Women don't do that the way men do it. Yeah, I, I'm not in those conversations, so I couldn't say. But I don't think so. I think women, like when their friend, when their homies do something. Like, the person doesn't have to tell everyone because their friends will tell you, right? Yeah, yeah, true. They'll be like, she achieved this. And and men will, like, you know, they got to voice it themselves <laughs> yeah, because yeah. their friends ain't fucking going to. I don't know, but, like, fuck, I've been real lucky, man, where I've been, I don't know, but, like, in my earlier life, things weren't like that. But the friends I met in Auckland, man, like, and other the people that changed my life, they're the other people that created community around me and kind of like healed me and like nah you're valuable. So those people that are like my male friends are like I love you, like without saying cunt. Yeah, yeah. At the end, <laughs> and I'll uh, and be like fuck I'm real proud of you bro, and you know say things like that. And fuck that's an important thing. Say that to your fucking friends. Don't don't put them down because like you don't know how to handle like. Being emotional with your friend. That's the thing, eh? Like yeah. it's not
0: you're almost scared what the other person's gonna do. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I tell my friends I love them, bro, and they yeah. bug the fuck out. Yeah. And I, I like fun though, right? Yeah, yeah. fuck bro. I yeah. love I love making it weird for them. Mm. Um, crack up man and last one, I I've forgotten what his actual question was, so I'm just gonna play this and have we can get it from it. But so what I do is I let um my previous guest ask a question for my next oh, guest. Yeah, sure. So I've got one here from Sam. Yeah. There you go. So how do you stop stressing about things that are out of your control? Is that from Sam Rapira? Yeah, that's from Sam.
1: That's funny. Did he tell you that, like, part of the reason he got into boxing is because I wanted to give him a hiding back in the he day? He didn't
0: say it was you. Oh. No. <laughs> it's me. Oh, he didn't say it was you.
1: Yeah, it's me. So <laughs> it's so funny that our podcasts were intertwined. I do need to add, like, a disclaimer to that, that, like, anyone's stupid enough to think that he couldn't beat the living piss out of me today uh is dreaming yeah so <laughs> just so he doesn't feel the need to beat me up but but yeah that's 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 why um how do you
0: how I, do you oh shit yeah I went on, on a spiel yeah, 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 about Sam how do you I think it's
1: how do you not stress about shit that's, that's beyond, beyond your, your control. control yeah uh, Oh, good question. I think I'm pretty, like, lucky in that regard because, man, like, like, going to jail and shit, all controls taken away from you. So, you become real resilient to, like, lack of control. Yeah. And you become, ex- like, to a point where it hurts you, you become just accepting of shit. And, you know, that can be real damaging in your life yeah but I think once you start to get kind of better you can like find this balance where you're like oh like I'm unflappable nothing can fuck with me but also like I do know shit happens I just don't let everything happen to me like I know where and when to fight and where not to so yeah real lucky I think like yeah and that's a good thing to a good way to think about like your experiences that are really hard is that they're like, cliche again, but they are, they're making you tough, mm. and you'll be like, you'll be better off or Well,
0: do you think, because one of my things that I say to softer. people, bro, I say to I say to friends a lot, like especially when they're going through tough times, is that you'll often find, and you can tell me if you disagree, like, just because I said it, I don't expect you to agree with it, yeah. but it's something that I say to my friends a lot is you find that a lot of the shit you're going through now that might seem like it's fucking you up and it's a quote unquote weakness it actually turns out to be a strength later on yeah yeah like say for example if I use myself I was brought up in a lot of different households because my home line wasn't great so Mm. I was brought up in different houses and I know now that makes me a networking machine yeah 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 I've got no qualms of going out and introducing myself to strangers I can stay bloody on someone's floor and in mm. the room because I was used to different cultures. I'm comfortable yeah. being uncomfortable. And I definitely credit that to, yeah. to what happened as I was younger. Do you think that's kind of... Most people should be able to find a bit of yeah strength and... I think for everything.
1: I mean, like... You know, there's, like, real extreme things that happen to people. Mm. Like, you know, you meet someone and, like... They're... I'm trying to think of who the person is. But I know this person and his, like, just the way he was brought into this world. Crazy. was like, fuck, I don't know. Can you bounce back from that? Like, there's certain things like that you feel or you wonder. Mm. But I mean, human beings are also incredibly resilient. Like, people, like, live in Guantanamo Bay for, like, years and years and years and get tortured every day. And they come out and you see them being interviewed and you're like, fuck you like seem normal Mm. so I think most things you can like bounce back from and you can like become stronger and better most things I think like people get wrecked sometimes sometimes people break and they get ruined but I mean if you're not completely ruined there's something there there's something to hold on to and then you can come back you'll be (laughs) alright
0: We've just reached the end of episode 001 for the Best Side podcast with Todd Williams, aka Louie Nux. Make sure you keep an eye on all of our social, Instagram, Facebook, I've just spoke to the bro recently and he is going to be releasing some new music Uh, so make sure you check us out and check him out as well Uh, but we'll be posting up anything new that we see pop about i'm going to do a congratulations out to michelle parent as well for the winner of our pods comp that we were running on facebook make sure once again you keep an eye on all our social we've got all sorts of giveaways coming up we've got concert tickets coming up festival tickets coming up and all sorts of conferences and things happening so make sure uh, you stay tuned and keep an ear out on how you can win some of those in a landscape where everyone is time poor and no one ever seems to have enough time. I really do appreciate you guys giving a little bit of your time to listen to the podcast. This is Hips effects signing off for the Best Side Podcast where we focus on bringing out your best side.